All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, um, thank you for each and every person here. Thank you for the privilege to gather together, Lord. Thank you for the privilege to know who you are, Jesus. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, of having an understanding that you love us dearly, God, that you love us um, with an unfailing love, that you love us with a passionate love, that you love us, God, with such great love that you died for us, Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for us. Thank you for picking us out of the miry clay. Thank you that your work, Lord, and your desire and your plan and purpose goes beyond our intellect, Lord. It goes beyond our systems and our purposes, Lord. Father, you are beyond smoke and fire. Lord, you are beyond uh, pandemics, Lord. You are beyond government. You are beyond all things, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. And Jesus, we just lift your name on high here today, God. Lord, I just pray for those who are watching online, that you bless them, God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you can go anywhere in the world, Lord, that you're not combined or, or confined to a building. Lord, that you're not in this place, God, because we called church or put our church sign outside. Lord, you're in this place because you dwell in the believer, Lord. Thank you that you empower us, God, to, to walk the walk, Lord, that we're called to. Lord, to be set apart from this world. I pray right now, Jesus, that um, none of us would leave this place, Lord, this moment, this supernatural moment in time that we have, God, to sit at your feet and hear from you, Lord. I pray that you would write upon the fleshly tablets of our hearts your divine word, God. Get me out of the way, Lord. Father, whatever's not of you, just may it fall to the ground, Lord, and I pray that your word would be implanted into all of us, Lord. God, teach us, help us, Lord. Thank you so much for your word. You're worthy to be praised. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray that you would just continue to move as you see fit, Lord. Pray for all the other churches in this area, Lord. In Yuba Sutter, Father, I pray for the pastors, that you would give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You give them patience, that your spirit would guide, guard, and direct them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would stir up your church and your body, God, to be your hands and feet in this season of our, of our world, Lord. Thank you that you've called all of us to minister to those around us. Give us opportunities, Lord, to be your hands and feet, Lord, and your mouthpiece, God, to share the gospel and the truth of who you are with those around us. Thank you so much for your love, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are going to be in Luke chapter 7. I'm going to move this around a little bit, I think. Chapter 7, verse... 36 through 50. And if you don't own a Bible, we have Bibles for you. Um, I think this is in the right place. I'm meaning the microphone. Sometimes it's distracting when I'm looking down on pages and I have a microphone in my left eye. So... <coughs> Continuing through a theme of that Jesus loves people. Jesus loves all of hers. Jesus loves us. He loved many. He loves many. He loves us in such a great way. And today we're going to be looking at the account of a woman who came in during a dinner that Jesus was invited to. And we have... 
four different people here, four different sets of people. We have Simon the Pharisee, we have Jesus Christ, we have this sinful woman, and we have the guests at Simon's dinner. So let's go ahead and read the text, and then we'll get back into it and break it apart. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Then Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. She gave, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This situation that we see here, I want us to think about this for a second. In our society, we don't have gatherings where people lounge at a table, okay? We sit down and we have our feet under the table. But in Jesus' time frame, you would relax at the table. You'd be almost sideways. Your feet would be away from the table. And, and, and it was customary back then, too, if you had a guest come, you would have a servant, and that servant would have a foot washing station. And all the guests that came into your house, their feet would be washed by one of your servants. And then you would greet your friend with a kiss on the cheek. They still do that in Italy. It's, it's common in some parts of Europe. There was nothing immoral about it. There was nothing awkward about it. It was a friendly gesture. It was common, a common gesture at that time. And then also what would happen is you would have some oil that would be put on your head. So there was this process, this, this common procedure of, of um, hospitality um, that would occur in Jesus' time. And so you see Simon, this Pharisee, 
um, didn't do any of those things. And I, I don't know if you all know what a Pharisee is, but they were religious leaders at the time. They were very versed in the law of God. Um, Jesus made mention to them once before that they were a brood of vipers, so their intentions were not good towards Jesus because they were afraid that Jesus was going to take over their religious authority in that time. Uh, John the Baptist said the same thing in, in the account of John. Um, also, uh, they, they, they had this pious and this pride about them. They didn't want to touch anyone that was sinful. Um, they wouldn't want to be around anyone that was sinful. They had this barrier um, of religiosity that uh, caused them to, to be staunch. And so uh, it was quite fascinating in this section of Scripture where you see this Pharisee, Simon, and Simon was a common name. Name, and you see this Pharisee Simon, and, and you notice in the first verse here that the Pharisee asked Jesus to eat with him, and Jesus went and ate at this Pharisee's house. He sat down to eat. And so even though the Pharisees were normally against Christ, totally had nothing to, wanting to do with them, there's a certain account that the Holy Spirit gives us in this section of Scripture where this Pharisee invites Christ in for dinner and Jesus sits with him. I love that about Jesus' character. See, in our mind, we have separation of people sometimes. We don't want to socialize with people or whatever. But Jesus even socialized with those who were against him. And maybe Simon's intentions were good. It, it doesn't seem to be evil, per se, but... Simon was a horrible host. In fact, in that day and age, it was really, un, it, it would have been uncalled for. It would have been like um, if you came to my house for dinner and I made you sit on the floor and gave you plastic forks while we sat and ate with fine china and we had turkey and you had chicken nuggets out of the microwave. I mean, it's that kind of concept. There was such a separation from the hospitality that was supposed to be given to the guests in Simon's house. And so in our day and age, we don't really have that concept. So, so you see, here's this self-righteous person that invites Christ to eat. And, and maybe Simon was curious about Jesus. You know, Jesus' ministry was flourishing. This wasn't uh, in the time where uh, he was keeping things quiet. Um, people were, had been healed by him. People knew who he was. Um, they knew exactly what he was about. People looked at him as being this prophet, like this, 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 this uh, God-filled person. That was, you'll notice here where uh, Simon's thoughts were, and we'll read later, where he spoke that, well, if this guy was a prophet, he would know who's touching him. So um, anyways, I got ahead of myself here. So from the very beginning of Christ, of of his ministry, the Pharisees, like I'd mentioned, showed themselves bitter um, towards him. So verse 37, and behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she kept, I could have moved this, I think. Sorry, we'll figure this all out a year later. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. So we don't know who this woman is. Um, some people account her to be Mary Magdalene who was set free from multiple demons by Jesus, but scripture doesn't support that. Um, so 
if you're looking at the way scripture supports who this person is, we don't, we don't really know who she is. We know she was a sinner. We know she was a woman. And we know that she came into Simon the Pharisee's house when Jesus was having dinner. You need to understand this. Um, you know, Jesus had healed many, many, many people. Uh, they had been set free from sin. And this is just one of thousands of people whose life was changed because of their faith in Jesus. This woman's life had already been changed by Jesus. She already knew who he was. And in this, if you think about it, if this is a Pharisee's house and the Pharisees had this staunch separation of sinners and she knew this, okay, that it is well known. It wasn't hidden at all. And she boldly walked into where Jesus was in the midst of a Pharisee's home. I want you to think about that for a second. What drove her to go there? Something so great and so passionate and so powerful in this woman's life caused her to throw every social thing out the window. Every fear went out the window. Every glare and sneering look. I, 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 I can't imagine that, that Simon didn't just go, oh, hey, how you doing? Because this woman was a prostitute. That was who her sin was. She was known for that. So here's this prostitute walking into Simon's house. Could you imagine Simon just being okay with it? No. He would have given her dirty looks. He would have wondered, why are you here? He would have looked at her. You ever, you ever had that, that saying, stink eye? You know, when somebody gives you the stink eye, you know they're mad at you or something's wrong. Could you imagine that? I can imagine this is what Simon looked at this woman like. She ignored all of that. She ignored the rebuke from this man's face or the other Pharisees that were there. She ignored condemnation. She ignored hurtful thinking that may have come from these people. How many times are we controlled by hurt that we think other people are placing upon us? This woman defied all things. Why? Because of her love for Jesus. You see, this woman was a sinner. This woman, she was a harlot. She was a prostitute. And when she found out that Jesus was at Simon's house, she wasted no time. She entered into the home, ignoring the fact that the Pharisees would have absolutely been against her, even being in their presence. She ignored all odds to be in the presence of her glorious, loving Savior. I want you to really maybe even close your eyes and think about this scene and put yourself in that scene. Jesus has forgiven you of all your sins. He's forgiven me of all of my sins. If you don't know Jesus, that forgiveness is available to you today. She ignored all these odds that were against her. She wanted to be with her loving Savior. She came with the intention to show her overwhelming gratitude to Jesus. She had this alabaster flask of fragrant oil. She was going to break that open on Jesus' feet. She already knew what she was going to do. She came in humility behind Christ at his feet. She wasn't up in his face. She wasn't like, hey, I'm, I'm this saved Christian. Look at me. She was weeping. 
How many of you ever wept before? It's not regular crying. It's not you stubbed your toe. It's not your best friend hurt your feelings. There's something that happens inside of a human being when they come in contact with the true and living Savior and they recognize that they are absolutely destitute without Christ. And there's this humility that God needs to create inside of us so that we come to him as this woman came to Jesus. See, without this humility, we really don't come into the place of actually recognizing our deep need for Jesus. This woman's tears was mixed with sorrow. She knew all the weight of her sin. All, maybe she thought about all the things that she'd ever done in her life, all of the things that she did on the streets, all of the people she was with, all of the things that she'd ever done against God, and he was the one who righteously could condemn her. And yet, she was forgiven. I stand here today to tell you that the same forgiveness is available to you today. No matter what you think you've done or where you think you've gone or, or how bad you've been or how dark it's been or, or, or how many times Satan reminds you of how horrible you are or, or maybe something you did last night or a thought on the way to church or whatever, Jesus came to set the captives free. And we're captive without him. So you see, here's this woman and she's weeping with sorrow and with joy mingled together. She had uncontrolled emotions over the fact that her sins had been forgiven. When was the last time you, my friends, had that encounter with God? See, I see this woman's expression of elation towards the forgiveness that Jesus gave her. And I'm convicted. I need to be in this state before the Lord humility, weeping with thankfulness that I am forgiven for Brian's failures. That the righteous God that can speak judgment against the earth and in Revelation we see how he's going to bring judgment against those who don't know him. That same loving God brought, allowed his son, his son decided to come and walk upon the earth, Jesus. See, Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was who he said he was, God, incarnate, to sacrifice himself for our sins. And this woman knew that's who he was. She believed that. She had faith in who Jesus is. Without faith in Jesus, we are lost. So we see here that she let her hair down. That once might have been with adorned with decorations. Back then, women had plates in their hair, and it was, it was this big updo and everything. A lot of things went into that to attract men to them. And all this hair was down, and she was using it as a towel on this man's feet who was called Jesus to wipe up these tears that she was pouring out on his feet. And imagine that. In this, could you imagine being at dinner in a, a person's house where if sinners came, you would shun them? And this woman walked right in and she starts and she's weeping at Jesus' feet, cleaning his feet, and taking her hair and using it as a towel. I'm sorry, I'm I'm pretty particular about my hair. I want you to grasp the unashamed, un she she just she threw everything at Jesus' feet. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time I did that? I believe God is wanting to stir the church up and to stir the world up so that they would look at Jesus and need him as a savior. 
It's horrible. We got smoke outside. I'm driving around going, Lord, this is depressing. You know, we have all these fires. There's tons of fear about all this stuff. California's on fire. Where's God in all that? This woman's life was helpless without Jesus, and I'm sure she may have thought one day, where's God in all this? But Jesus showed up. Jesus is always approachable. See, Jesus didn't shun her. So she let her hair down, wiping his feet. She's overwhelmed with joy mixed with sorrow. Like I mentioned before, isn't this how it is to be when Jesus Christ forgives us of all of our sins? Because that's, that is what opportunity is here today for us. For those of you online, for those of you here that, that may need to get right with God about some things. See, Jesus Christ is absolutely approachable, just like this woman came in and approached Jesus. Verse 39, now when the Pharisees who had invited him, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. So this is Simon speaking to himself. He didn't speak this out loud. If you ever wonder if Jesus knows your thoughts, well, he knows your thoughts before you speak them. So Simon has this interesting thinking to himself saying, this man, in other words, Jesus, if he were a prophet, would he... Would he know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him? For she's a sinner. So this shows that Simon didn't believe that Jesus was who he was. Simon was not a believer of Christ. He didn't have faith in Jesus. He didn't have faith to believe. Simon was disgusted. This is a, a, a thought of disgust. He was grossed out. He's like, he couldn't even talk. It's just in his mind. He was so grossed out. He's gross that this woman is in his presence, and let alone touching his guests. This woman was known as a prostitute. And you see, Simon judged the woman, and he judged Jesus in his heart, saying if he was who he said he was, he would never let this prostitute touch him. Isn't it interesting how the world is so critical, so condemning, so cruel? Yes, Nehemiah. Out of the mouth of a 10-year-old. But Jesus is not like that. And those of us who are and that's why those of us who are believers need to share that with the world around us. And some of us are like, well, I'm not bold and I can't do this and I can't do that. Think about this woman. How much shame might have been in her head? She didn't make any excuses. Lord willing, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we seek God's face, we won't either. Verse 40. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So Simon said, teacher, say it. I love that. Jesus was courteous. Here he is, God of heaven and earth, King of kings, Lord of lords. Knowing what Simon is courteous. Jesus is courteous. He loves us with a courteous love, even in the midst 
of that. He invited this conversation in. It's fast. Verse 41, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. And then Jesus poses this question to Simon. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? This is a pretty easy thing to answer. Simon answered and said, well, eh. I suppose the one who he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. See, Jesus used this account of the two debtors to show that Simon was a debtor as well. Jesus is so good like that. He reveals to us all who he is and who we are as sinners. Verse 44. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? Hold on a second. Sorry. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? See, I love this. Jesus isn't talking to the woman. Jesus is talking to Simon. So Jesus tells Simon, do you see her? See, Simon saw her as a sick, gross prostitute that was touching somebody. And when Jesus said to Simon, do you see her? He wasn't saying, do you see this prostitute? He was saying, do you see her? Do you see what she's doing? Do you see her for really what's happening? Because see, Simon was blind. All he looked at her as was through his religiosity. He didn't see her the way Jesus saw her. I love this. This is so passionate here. Continue on in verse 44. He says, do you see this woman? Jesus says, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Like I had mentioned, see, it was common for a servant ready at the door to wash a guest's feet. They had open sandals back then. They walked in dirt roads, and Simon did not offer this. But this woman that had been forgiven much washed Jesus' feet with her tears of sorrow and joy, wiping his feet clean with tears in her hair. Verse 45, Jesus goes on and says, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. Could you imagine that? This woman is unceasingly loving Jesus. Are we to do that? To love Jesus with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I pose this question to me and to you. What's in the way of your life to not love Jesus? the way this woman did because his forgiveness for her is no different than our forgive his forgiveness for us. Jesus plainly told Simon, look, who's the greater debtor? Neither of them. They're both in debt. Which one's going to be more loving? The one who was forgiven more, but the, but we're all in debt to the Lord. 
we're all sinners and we all need his saving grace. When's the last time you had a humble experience with your God, Jesus Christ? So you see, it was common, like I mentioned, for guests to, to greet their guests with a kiss. Like I mentioned before, this is not anything awkward. It was something that was common in those days. Simon was a horrible host. And this woman kissed the feet of Jesus nonstop, unashamed of her love and adoration to her Jesus Christ. She was at Christ's feet, pouring out all of her heart to him. Oh, what a Savior we have in Jesus Christ. Verse 46, Jesus continues to say, you did not anoint my head with oil. Again, it was a common practice then. But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Simon did nothing of the sort. He didn't do that for Jesus. Yet this woman anointed Christ's feet, pouring out what she had to offer all of her joy and love in tears, in service, and offered this fragrant offering upon the feet of Jesus. Verse 47. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. When Jesus says loved much, we don't speak like that nowadays. What Jesus is saying is that this woman has loved me exponentially compared to anybody else here. Jesus was using that example of this woman's love that she was forgiven much. And she loved Jesus very much. See, she had already been set free prior to her coming to dinner. So let me ask you this. Are we like the unloving, judgmental, unhospitable, too worried about our social status? Or are we like this woman that holds nothing back? Verse 48. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Jesus had turned from Simon and looked at her, her tear-stained face, and reassures her that her sins are no more. See, only God can forgive sin. And Jesus makes sure that this woman knew she was free. Verse 49, and those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? See, back then, the society knew that only God could forgive sin. That's why you see in other accounts when, when Jesus would heal people like the paralytic who was lowered in, in the ceiling and, and, and his friends tore the roof apart and lowered their paralytic friend in the middle of where Jesus was teaching in this house and the house was so full of people and there's so many people around that these people couldn't even get their friend to see Jesus and so they tear this thatched roof apart and, and lower their friend in and, and they knew that Jesus could heal their friend. And he healed this. He was going to heal this man. Well, he said, your sins are forgiven. And so the people got all crazy about that. He said, well, what's easier for me to say that your sins are forgiven or me to say, stand up and walk? It's paraphrase, sorry. 
Jesus is the only one who can forgive our sins. He died on the cross for us. He died on the cross for you. Again, in verse 50, he says this. Then he said to the woman, again, your, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. See, in spite of those people that verbalized their distrust in Jesus Christ, Jesus again made sure that she knew that her faith in him saved her and she was sent out in peace. See, it's this faith in the work of Jesus Christ that is required to be saved, not because of a pastor or a religion, but only because you have come to a place in your life acknowledging that you're a sinner and are in the need of a Savior and recognizing that there is only one way, which is Jesus Christ. He came, he walked the earth, chose to die on a cross, a horrible death, was buried, three days later was raised again. He came to set the captives free like this woman. She was set free from so much. She knew she was a sinner. She knew her life was imperfect and that she was in need of a savior. She had been forgiven. She came to Jesus, wept, and kissed his feet and anointed his feet. And Simon watched in pride and disgust. But Jesus showed Simon that he and the woman were both sinners and that both could be forgiven. What an amazing picture that the Holy Spirit allowed us to see in this dinner. There's so many different people involved here. And as I was studying, I was thinking, you know, who, who are we in this scene? I know we're not Jesus. Maybe some of us think we're God sometimes, but that, that'd be kind of weird. But we can be prideful like Simon, you know. We can be judgmental towards people, you know. that it, it's, it's bad. It's not the way Christ is. You know, we want to be, we, we be Christ-like, but the Lord needs to sift away these pieces of us that are like Simon. And I'm speaking to myself as well. And I love how Jesus graciously painted this picture that caused Simon to have to come to his own conclusion about himself. When he said, I suppose, he's like, uh, I, I guess the one who is forgiven more. Or, do we, or, or are we like this woman who, who are, are in a place of always being at Jesus' feet? Let me encourage you guys. When you wake up, it's easy to get busy. This morning was like that. Last night here at church was like that. There were so many different things to do because this is the first time we've done live stream with two cameras and, and, and having people on computers and microphones and all this. And, and, and it's easy to get busy and do and follow the busyness of our life. But we see this picture of this woman who threw everything aside to worship Jesus. Why? Because he forgave her so greatly. Isn't that the outcome of our life should be? We should be filled with joy and, 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 and strength and a supernatural draw and power that comes from God. And I mean a draw to the Lord and a power that people see in us. God's word says that we're to be salt and light. I have this shirt that says salty and lit. It's, it's slang from my past because I used to party a lot. I can't get awkward with that word lit, but it doesn't mean that. It means to be salt and light to the earth. 
But we can't be that if we're trying to do things the way Simon was. See, Simon was a Pharisee. He knew the law of Moses front and back. Probably in every language it was ever written in at the time. He, he went through all the motions of church osity. Is that a new word? Put that down. He, 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 he was ranked um, within the religious sect of, of having importance. In fact, when, when he invited Jesus to come, maybe he was like, well, this is the, the cool dude that everyone's talking about, so I'm going to have Jesus come over so people look at me and, and, and view me as being great. Let's not be like Simon the Pharisee. We need to be like the woman who came at Jesus' feet. And, and this is really important too. A lot of times in our life, we can create barriers for why God doesn't accept us, why God doesn't love us, why I can't approach God, all these different things. When if you look at this scene, Jesus was approachable. Even when somebody might have thought he was busy. I know God never sleeps. He's not busy. His thoughts towards us are greater than the sands upon the seashore, and he knows every hair on our head or every hair that fell out of our head. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. There isn't one thing that is out of his grasp or knowledge or understanding, and yet he's approachable. See, Jesus was fully God and fully man, so all of the attributes I just spoke about God actually were in Jesus. So Jesus, being God incarnate, had time for a prostitute to sit and weep at his feet and clean his feet. What a humbling picture, honestly. Next week, we're going to take a look at another side of Christ with his disciples, similar to this foot washing scene. See, now I have to teach on it, I'm, unless the Lord tells something different. But I just want to continue through uncovering the truth of how much Jesus loves people. And this woman was loved very much by God, by Jesus. And she loved him back because of the great love he had for her. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Lord, again, if there's anything I've said that is not of you, just remove it, Lord. I'd and I just pray, Father, if there's anybody here in this room or online, maybe there's things in the way. God, you're just a prayer away. Jesus, transformation in our lives is just a prayer away, a, a turning towards you in our heart and mind. Like this woman, she unashamedly came to you. So, Father, I just ask that if there's anything in our lives, Lord, that you want us to lay at your feet, Lord, that we might do that now. Just thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that your word never turns back void. Thank you that you don't turn away the brokenhearted sinner. Thank you that your word tells us that a bruised reed you will not break, Lord, or a a smoldering flax, Lord, a, a, a little flame that is barely a bright ember you won't snuff out, Lord. Thank you that your love transcends our failures, that your love transcends our thinking. I just ask Jesus that 
you would continue to work in our lives as you see fit, that you give us a hunger for your word. Lord, if there's anybody watching online or here that just needs a touch from you, I pray that you would just do that, Lord. Just thank you, God, for this day, Lord. Continue to work in our lives as you see fit. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you want to close with a song? Okay. Yeah. know if this mic's back on um you know if anybody's watching online whether now live or later and whatnot and or anybody here that doesn't know jesus and you want to make jesus your personal lord and savior it's the most amazing thing you could ever choose to do um he'll never leave you nor forsake you um and it's he changes lives. He transforms lives. And maybe that's you today, that you want to be transformed. I really believe that it just starts with that desire to want to be changed by God, to know that something needs to be different in your life. And if that's you, then shoot us a message. Um, my cell phone's online. The church phone number's online. There's an email there. You can message us on Facebook. Um, that goes directly to me or my wife. Um, but if you need prayer for anything, um, we'll be happy to pray for you. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then today's your day. So I just extend that offer to you that we'd love to pray with you and, and, and lead you in that and get a Bible to you. And um, so God bless.